Thank you for listening to the Resources for Integrated Care podcast series, Strategies for Health Plans to Support Access to COVID-19 Vaccines for Vulnerable Populations. This podcast was recorded as part of a live event held on April 1st, 2021. In this podcast, Misty DeLamar, the Director of Communications at LA Care Health Plan, shares how LA Care is conducting outreach to encourage and help members to get the COVID-19 vaccination. In this podcast, presenters from the event answer questions in a panel discussion. The speakers in this podcast include Shelley Winston, Health Insurance Administrator for Division of Part D Policy at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, Dr. Bijadi Mukunda, Medical Director for MyCare Ohio CareSource, Jennifer Anadiotis, Director of Integrated Care Post-Acute Strategy for CareSource, Dr. Alex Lee, Deputy Chief Medical Officer for LA Care Health Plan, and Misty DeLamar, Director of Communications at LA Care Health Plan. Our first question is about challenges. What challenges around vaccine access and uptake are you seeing, especially related to the duly eligible population? And so on that first question, I'll turn first to uh, CareSource and, and call on Dr. Makunda to answer this one. Oh, thank you, Laura. Uh, initially, for the dual eligible members, uh, the main issue uh, was access to uh, vaccine was the availability of the vaccines themselves. Uh, but now, as the vaccines are becoming more readily available, uh, what we are finding is that these members uh, have difficulty uh, either registering uh, or getting an uh, appointment close to home. Uh, maybe due, this is due to lack of uh, technology or lack of comfort with the available technology. And here, our um, uh, case, ma case managers are able to help. Um, in terms of the transportation uh, for members that are homebound, uh, there are various efforts to address those, uh, including uh, some of the larger healthcare systems that are directly reaching out to the members, and they are communicating with us, and we are collaborating uh, with uh, healthcare systems. In terms of the uptake, uh, vaccine hesitancy uh, is real, and um, what we have found is um, education is really what the most the needed here. Uh, not only the education of the members, uh, but their support system, uh, their caregivers, uh, their trusted uh, healthcare providers, and uh, improving the access and vaccination of the supporting uh, caregivers and the healthcare personnel is helping us to improve the uptake among these members. I'll turn this over to you, Laura. Laura, this is uh, Alex Sweet from Care. I'm happy to chime in um, and add to um, Dr. Makunda's um, comments about um, addressing vaccine equity. I think, first off, um, I just want to thank um, CMS for having us on the panel today. And I just want to also acknowledge that um, we just had our one-year anniversary with the pandemic, unfortunately. Um, I think to begin with, I think, um, you know, this pandemic really showed what we can do as a community in terms of um, being humanistic, having kindness, empathy, and working together. We also kind of displayed a lot of the ugliness around health disparities and inequity. And I think that kind of evokes, I would sense, I believe, a sense of range in terms of uh, values, whether it's um, anger, injustice, 
or um, or be um, inspired by um, need to do good. I think these are all value systems we can tap into to really um, kind of create a culture to address inequity. I think, and that's just to highlight, I think another point I think Dr. McClendon and I, both as practicing physicians, kind of saw was that, you know, initially we had a crisis with um, care or, or resources of ICU and vent machines. But really, I think um, as we're um, now moving into, it's a little bit more on crisis and um, getting to the vaccine into arms quickly and equitably and really try to end this pandemic. So again, I think just to highlight some of the things I think many of us here experience um, with um, besides the vaccine shortage is that, you know, um, we saw clearly um, people of color communities, low-income communities um, were hit especially hard with the COVID. Um, there was issues around initially um, very much so with how um, the vaccine scheduling system was designed here, at least in California. It was very much a web uh, internet-based system where navigating and access to internet really dictated uh, one's ability to get the vaccine or schedule for a vaccine and then uh, thereafter get the vaccine. Um, we also noticed that, and I'm just using California and LA as an example, um, most of our vaccine sites initially were drive-throughs. So again, this particularly impacted people who are disabled, homebound, or people who experience homelessness. Obviously, if you don't have a car, um, going through a drive-through will be very difficult, or if you're in a wheelchair or immobile, um, you know, making sure you had the right vehicle to get there would be critical. Again, I think um, to uh, further highlight, I think some of the um, points that were raised, we definitely need to um, make sure that um, as a health plan, we're connected to um, the right um, stakeholder group or work group or, um, you know, participate in a way I think that's value add. So again, the way we kind of thought about is that we have um, our staff members participate at the state level with this California Department of Public Health. At the local level with Department of Public Health, we also um, lead and co coordinate and collaborate with our other local health plans in LA County to make sure that we're all aligned and amplifying public health messages, as Misty mentioned. Making sure that we have reliable and trusted information will be critical. We really believe that the first 50 or 60% of people who are those who are anxious to get the vaccine, they're there already. It's really the next 30% that are more the vaccine-hesitant individuals that we have to be um, really pushing that and making sure the message is accurate and truthful, evidence-based and urgent um, so that people are ready uh, when their turn comes up. And finally, I think as we um, have seen, now that the eligibility um, criteria has expanded across, at least in California and many, what I read, many other states, um, it's really no longer about segmenting the populations, perhaps by race, economics, or um, geography, but it's really ensuring that there's continued equity uh, and equitable distribution of vaccine um, across the different sectors of our community or geography of our community. And that really takes good data and real-time data as um, um, our CMS partners have um, clearly identified as a need. So um, I'll pause here, and I know there's many other questions, there's many things for us to say, but um, Laura, I'll turn it back to you. Thank you so much, Dr. Lee. That's a lot of really good, helpful information. Appreciate it. I know that some of the comments that have been typed in by participants uh, also speak to some of the points that uh, you and Dr. Makunda have made when we talk about the uh, 
difficulty of accessing appointments and not everyone being able to have inter easy Internet access or not easily uh, navigating that. A couple of the folks that typed in had indicated that they're having their, their case managers and their care coordinators and really giving hands-on help to their members in getting registered and following through to get them to those vaccination appointments. So looks like a lot of the plans that are on the call are also uh, participating in some of these same activities that you all are, are mentioning in addressing the challenges. On the next slide, we're going to jump to one of our next questions. And this has to do with what was mentioned, that hesitancy is real. And as you uh, open up more categories, as the vaccine becomes more available to more people, there also is that issue of how are we going to address vaccine hesitancy. So to begin the responses to this one, I'm going to turn to LA Care and ask Misty to respond to this one first. Sure. So we have data from a larger health systems in LA County, as well as from our own research of our, our member population, that show about 20 to 30 percent of, of healthcare staff um, have chosen not to get vaccinated, even though the vaccine was readily available to them very early on. And uh, similar, we've seen anecdotal information from the local health department and long-term care facilities that about 20 to 30% of their staff chose not to get vaccinated. That's really in alignment with a lot of the other data that we've heard today. So all this information shows that there's a certain amount of vaccine hesitancy uh, that we are really going to have to address. So we have not only been focusing on our LA Care members and their communities, but we've also created a web page for our providers to encourage them to get vaccinated when they are eligible. And we are sharing information on that website, including um, an upcoming CME credit uh, training that we'll be doing around vaccine hesitancy, health advisories, and of course the all-important billing FAQs. So we're trying to make that like a source of a one-stop source for our providers to get all of their vaccine-related information. And for beneficiaries, as Dr. Lee mentioned, we are leading a countywide collaboration with five other health plans. This includes hospitals, the county uh, health department, um, and this group is coordinating messaging and education around vaccine hesitancy, including we are close to completion of three educational videos that we'll discuss the vaccine. One of those videos is going to address common myths of the vaccine. One of those videos is going to talk about the two different types of vaccines and how they were made, essentially. This is based upon the research that we've done that shows that our members and others really want to have clear information that they can feel confident in the vaccine. So LA Care is going to be sharing those videos with the public on YouTube, on our websites, and social medias. We're also going to be sharing it with other health plans and allowing them to co-brand the video. Uh, and then they'll be able to share it with their audiences as well. So this is really kind of a countywide effort that we are leading. And the videos are going to be available in English, Spanish, Korean, Mandarin, and Khmer. We also did a survey of, of our Consumer Advisory Council members and are going to be using the results to inform our vaccine messaging, particularly our vaccine uh, hesitancy messaging. 
And we are also, for our LA Care employees, we have a regular Friday COVID Q&A session with our Chief Medical Officer or with Dr. Lee, our Deputy Chief Medical Officer. And we typically have more than 300 staff who attend regularly. So we're trying to ensure that all of our various audiences are, were able to address their vaccine hesitancy questions. Thanks, Misty. And can you, uh, for just a quick follow-up question, can you tell us a little more about those weekly Q&A sessions? What are, what are some of the topics that have come up and, and what sort of results are you seeing from those? Absolutely. So those have been a really fantastic way to hear directly from our employees what their daily concerns are. And we started those pretty much as soon as the pandemic hit. And we have monitored them over the course of the past year in terms of whether or not we felt like they were still adding value. And we do assess them and we have determined that they continue to add value because individual employees are hearing the same confusing messaging that that those in the community are. And so this is a way for us to address those questions, address those myths, uh, address, you know, and really address the concerns that people have about themselves and about their own families and their own current situations. And so we have found them to be very successful in really um, providing accurate information to our own employees who then can feel confident in their communication with their families and with our members and with others. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. And now to turn to CareSource for this question, Dr. Makunda, could you tell us a bit about how CareSource is addressing hesitancy among your beneficiary staff and providers? Uh, sure. Thank you, Laura. Uh, so uh, the members that are uh, in uh, long-term care facilities, uh, as uh, Mr. Figueroa mentioned, uh, one of the major trusted voices uh, for the members are their healthcare workers. And what we found in uh, Ohio, just like in the rest of the country, uh, only about 30 to 40% of the healthcare workers are getting vaccinated. Uh, we also found that in increasing the vaccination among the healthcare workers uh, does help to increase the vaccination among the community members. And one of the recent surveys showed that compared to December and uh, for 2020 and March of 2021, the amount of trust that the community has as trusted voices for healthcare workers has actually gone up. Uh, so we focused a lot of the effort on uh, educating the uh, long-term care healthcare workers to get the vaccination. We had a roundtable with the long-term care leadership to understand what exactly is the hesitancy there. Um, and it turns out that a lot of the hesitancy among the healthcare workers in the long-term care space is uh, around the fertility, pregnancy, lactation, and the effects of the vaccine on those. Um, and to address that, some of the leaders had uh, uh, webinars or uh, 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 town halls uh, which included fertility experts, infectious disease specialists, primary care physicians, and pharmacists to address the questions and answers and to educate the healthcare workers to uh, understand the benefits of the vaccine. Um, and uh, we are now uh, moving that to the state uh, uh, statewide uh, effort. Um, and in terms of the members that are at home, uh, they're uh, improving the communication and education to the caregivers and their support 
uh, is really helping to address the vaccine hesitancy. Uh, because there, a lot of the members uh, are having concern with their other medical problems and other allergies uh, where involving the supporting caregivers and communication with the primary care physicians along with the education from the case managers who have a long-standing relationship with the members. Uh, these are helping to address the vaccine hesitancy. Thank you. Thanks very much. And we'll move on then to our next question and to ask about uh, how are you supporting equitable access to the vaccine? How do you prevent or mitigate the risk of disparities in access to the COVID-19 vaccine? So on this question, um, I think we'll start again with CareSource and, and Dr. Makunda, if you could uh, begin, and then we'd have Jennifer pitch in a little bit. Uh, sure, thanks, Laura. So CareSource conducted uh, targeted outreach to encourage groups that historically had low vaccination rates and uh, vaccine hesitancy uh, to attend uh, town halls. Uh, CareSource look, looked at uh, factors uh, such as race and ethnicity data and location, uh, such as uh, urban versus rural, uh, to prioritize outreach. Uh, Jennifer, I will turn this over to you, please. Absolutely. Thanks, Dr. McClenda. So in addition at CareSource, it is very important for us to understand our members and meet them where they are. So we did expand our Consumer Advisory Council meetings into those virtual town halls. Uh, these meetings were used to gain insights about vaccine access concerns and questions from a member perspective. Uh, CareSource did use an outside facilitator who was very highly skilled in asking the right questions to manage the session. Using that facilitator allowed CareSource staff to focus on listening to our members and acknowledging their concerns about vaccination. Um, Dr. McClenda actually participated in those meetings and utilized active listening techniques to develop a rapport with each group. This allowed member concerns to be identified prior to shifting the session towards education to address the concerns raised during the discussion. Um, important for, for everyone to know is that we did have um, the ability or our members have the ability during these sessions to um, chat questions and provide um, context and, and, and information comments back to what was shared, which really added to the texture of the conversation. Um, a couple of high-level points, though, bubbled to the top uh, from our members about the vaccine, and those included um, concerns about the speed at which the vaccine was approved, belief that embryonic cells were used in the vaccine's development, and there were also concerns about historic healthcare issues that negatively impacted communities of color. Uh, Dr. McClenda, during the meetings, was able to share facts about the vaccine that were meaningful to the participants of the meeting. In addition to the discussions about the vaccine itself, during those town halls, we were able to obtain feedback from members about how they preferred information to be communicated to them. Um, they identified that they like to have information mailed to them in addition to the phone outreach being completed by our care management staff, as well as electronic communications. Um, they also shared, as Dr. McClenda mentioned earlier, um, and we've heard it a few different times this afternoon, is that it was extremely important to our members to receive information from trusted medical professionals, including their PCPs, as well as community leaders, both about the vaccine and the benefits of vaccination, not just about becoming vaccinated and scheduling the appointment. 
A key takeaway for us from these sessions was the crucial importance of effective listening to understand and address member questions and to use this feedback to shape action on the part of the plan. The other point that I want to make really quickly is that um, Dr. McClendon mentioned earlier that CareSource has undertaken um, a, a plan to increase access to vaccination by working with large health systems that serve underserved populations um, and to provide support to members and patients about vaccination availability and scheduling. Our organization has focused on ensuring that health equity training is provided to CareSource staff who interact with members um, really uh, to help shape the conversations and provide education. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And uh, let's see, wanted to uh, turn this now to LA Care and ask how you all are supporting equitable access to the vaccine. Uh, Dr. Lee? Sure. Thank you, Laura. Um, I mean, I think um, early on, I think in the pandemic, we were um, partnering with whatever agency, whether it's local department of public health or vaccine um, clinics across the county to really um, help with the outreach and communication of our high-risk members. We've um, done a lot of work to constantly update and enhance our risk stratification tool to really um, have a sense out of two-plus million individuals who is most likely to, as um, Misty mentioned before, be um, at risk for a severe COVID disease. And given that we are a Medi, Medi, and Medi-Cal plan, um, most of the um, individuals that are um, beneficiaries of our plan are mostly low-income and people of color. So I feel like our approach was um, we'll take all comers and we'll leverage and lean resources into and support our members when possible. And we try to do it for our high-risk members first. I think as time went on, we had to kind of shift and pivot our strategy a little bit um, as vaccine available became um, more available. I think just to give you an example, uh, we probably take a two-step approach now um, as we kind of figure out who our key partners are um, with regards to vaccine administration and support. Number one is um, we use the and um, partner with the local department of public health to take a look at where and what zip codes are at um, are behind, for example, with regards to um, the pairs, with regards to vaccine administration. We also take a look at where our membership is high, uh, where there's high disease burden, and then try to do some matching and try, uh, try to figure out, okay, do we help out with South LA here, or do we help out with Palmdale or Santa Monica or Beverly Hills? You know, again, I think these are just examples of um, the diversity of LA County. So again, I think as time went on, we became a little bit more strategic with um, our partnerships. We focus mostly in, um, um, for example, right now with the South LA as well as Southeast LA corridor. Um, as um, Misty mentioned, we also have um, leaned in and committed organizational resources and staff um, to um, um, sponsor vaccine clinics ourselves and target areas that we believe are also um, where we have high number of our members who are vulnerable. And we also um, provided grants for, um, for different community agencies, whether they're federally qualified health centers or others, who really have um, areas where we have vetted and felt that um, we should uh, commit resources to help address the health equity concerns for vaccine access. Um, Laura, happy to turn it back to you. 
I mean, those are just examples that where um, health plans can make a concrete effort and an intentional approach to address health equity from our perspective. Yes, thank you so much for sharing those examples. That is very helpful. I'm going to move on now to our next question and ask about strategies for conducting outreach to members, uh, including those that you've identified as high risk. And uh, as a part of this question, to also ask, uh, how are you ensuring cultural competence in your messaging to your beneficiaries? So to answer this one first, I'd like to ask uh, Care Source Jennifer if you could speak first to this one. Absolutely. Thanks, Laura. So um, in addition to following Ohio's vaccination rollout, CareSource used data analytics to identify individuals at increased risk for adverse outcomes from COVID-19. Those indicators included members' race and ethnicity, where the member lives, assessed risk stratification based on historical utilization, comorbid conditions and disabilities, and homebound status. We combine this data with the prevalence of COVID-19 in the areas across the state to assist in targeted outreach to members to provide education about vaccine through direct phone outreach, texting and email campaigns, and other types of member communication. Um, in addition, we've shared this data with healthcare providers with um, attributed members to complement outreach efforts between the systems and the plan to connect with members about vaccination. For the second part of the question, to address the need to support cultural competency and messaging beneficiaries, all CareSource case managers were asked to view the one-hour CDC webinar on the topic of cultural sensitivity and health disparities. In addition to watching that webinar, um, case managers were encouraged to explore the additional links found on the website to further their knowledge about cultural competency. In addition, prior to any of our volunteers, our care source staff wanting to volunteer in COVID-19 vaccination clinics, all those staff members um, must sign an attestation that they have viewed the CDC webinar. Um, we also had done some testing and vaccination work early in 2020 and 2021, and again, we used that CDC health equity education in collaboration with other Ohio Medicaid MCOs to prepare health plan volunteers across the different plans to engage in volunteer work. Um, at CareSource, we see the importance of health equity education really to help remind staff of the reality of health disparities and to encourage respectful and culturally appropriate communications with all members of the communities we serve and to increase volunteer knowledge to deliver equitable and compassionate care. Um, our health equity education is available to our staff through our education platform, which we call CareSource University. And then lastly, we also offer a series of webinars that Dr. Mukunda hosts to our case management team. Those um, webinars happen about every 60 days and cover a variety of topics related to COVID-19. But most recently, we used the time to discuss motivational interviewing and really support bidirectional communication between Dr. Mukunda and the case management staff to walk through how to best support our members in making the decision around being vaccinated. Dr. Mukunda? Uh, yes, thanks, Laura. Uh, so uh, two very important uh, uh, aspects of uh, collaborating and uh, sharing the uh, knowledge what we have been doing is one through a weekly call of the chief medical officers and medical directors of all the managed care plans in Ohio. Uh, initially, Ohio was organized into three regions uh, during the COVID uh, testing, and we are following those three regions and uh, have distributed uh, medical directors to get 
information from each of the regions, and we meet once a week uh, to basically share the uh, recent information on vaccination rates, challenges in vaccination, and any promising practices uh, that would uh, address uh, equity uh, and uh, distribution of the vaccine. Um, and uh, we are able to get the best practices uh, uh, through this way, through the medical, uh, the chief medical uh, officers and the medical directors. Uh, one other area of input uh, is the health plan volunteers that are working uh, with uh, various health departments and the healthcare systems all through the state. Uh, they have a huddle uh, once a week uh, where they discuss uh, what are the best practices that they are seeing uh, in terms of addressing the equity and the outreach. Uh, and that information, again, is brought back to the team, uh, and we share that uh, with the rest of the plans. And I will turn this back to you, Laura. Thank you. Thanks so much for sharing that. And would like to then call on LA Care to respond to this question as well in regard to strategies to conduct outreach to members and ensuring cultural competence in those strategies. So, Misty, would you like to start? Absolutely. So at LA Care, we have a very robust social media campaign where we're conducting outreach. And this includes an upcoming series of Facebook Live events featuring our medical doctors as well as educational videos. We host our Facebook Lives in English and Spanish, and we also include an ASL interpreter on the screen. And we take into consideration our target audience when identifying the panelists and interviewers to ensure that they are in alignment with that audience. When members call to LA Care, they can hear a pre-recorded message with update information regarding the vaccine in both English and Spanish. And all live calls can be coordinated with LA Care's linguistic vendor, which provides translation in most all languages. LA Care, we have a dedicated web page that provides up-to-date vaccine information. We like to call it our source of truth, so we try to keep that as up-to-date as possible. And we have also developed trainings, including a targeted training for our LA Care community health workers, as well as some of our partner organization community health workers. And it allows uh, those individuals to be educated about vaccine, as well as some vaccine hesitancy messaging, so that they can connect directly with our members and the community. We're also, as I previously mentioned, going to be conducting a training for our providers audience to support vaccine hesitancy messaging for their patients. And we are going to be um, transitioning our, our campaign efforts. Our phase one of the strategy was really focused about the vaccine rollout, who's eligible, how to access the vaccine. And phase two is going to be focused a lot on vaccine hesitancy and those individuals who need a bit more information and a bit more encouragement. And we're going to be using the data and the results that I mentioned and the survey that we conducted to help support those efforts. I can now turn it over to Dr. Lee, who can speak a little bit more in detail about some of these issues. Uh, thank you, Misty. I think the way I would think about it is that um, you probably should have an internal organizational strategy, as Misty highlighted, where um, you have a fair bit of control over your resources, your uh, messaging, but you also need to have a um, really robust external strategy and approach where you have to um, take account for the fact that we're a health plan. Uh, we know a fair bit of clinical information, um, other demographic or data information utilization, but really um, 
you need to kind of really uh, find nodes or cohorts of um, high-risk um, work, um, populations that you really want to focus. For example, uh, we have seven regional centers here at LA County. These are um, social service agencies that support people who are disabled, um, as well as those who are, um, um, have both physical and intellectual disabilities. So this is an example where um, they have they're really great at social service um, issues for food and transportation, but they really need the help with um, getting them help with partnering and other types of um, kind of vaccine efforts and outreach. So this is an example we were uh, fantastic when working with the Department of Public Health and broker some of those relationships to make sure that um, these disabled individuals are vaccinated, as an example. Another one is perhaps with um, people who are um, experiencing homelessness, which is unfortunately in LA County is a fairly significant challenge and issue. And again, this is um, working with shelters or home-based um, um, other kind of outreach advocacy groups to really kind of plot out how do we divide a county into different quadrants or um, neighborhoods and who's going to be doing what so that we're um, efficient with regards to our vaccine efforts. Again, I think, you know, um, every um, health plan probably has their high risk as well as their kind of cultural as well as kind of um, other structural challenges. And it's really just, again, try to be thoughtful and systematic with your resources and identifying the right partners as well as kind of organizing, again, as I mentioned, um, top of the hour, um, the sense of value systems and missions and kind of um, tap into the perhaps the right emotions that really motivate staff and align as much of the resources and really the passion that we all have here to um, end the pandemic and uh, address um, the social inequity and health inequities and um, make, make the magic happen in many ways. So, thank Laura, I'll turn so it back to you. Much. Yes, yeah. thank you. I appreciate that very much. Um, we have one more discussion question, and I'm wondering if at a very high level we might go ahead and ask quickly because we do want to have a minute for Q&A and to wrap up, but if you could very quickly indicate how you've partnered with community-based organizations such as local public health departments or other community-based organizations to promote vaccine uptake and equitable access. So I'll turn it first to uh, CareSource and Jennifer for a quick response. Absolutely. Thanks, Laura. So at CareSource, we have partnered with FQHCs, local health departments, hospital systems, and other local providers across the state to actually support vaccine administration activities. Um, we actually allow and encourage our clinical staff to volunteer up to 40 hours um, of, of time that's paid for so that they can support these vaccination clinics and activities. For our non-clinical staff, um, they're actually eligible and encouraged to, to volunteer up to 12 hours at, that uh, would be paid for. Um, the other piece that I just wanted to mention very quickly is that we do work very closely with our area agency on aging partners. Um, some of our AAA partners do provide case management services to um, MyCare, our dual uh, members, um, but they also utilize the education that we talked about that CareSource has offered um, really to help collaborate in helping our members understand and seek appropriate health care. And they are also working with the Ohio Department of Health to access online scheduling and provide education to our communities. So I will pause there and give Misty a chance to respond as well. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jennifer. So at LA Care, as Dr. Lee mentioned, we have been partnering with several community-based organizations, including the regional center partners and the Department of Public Health. We've also had several hospital systems come to us and health systems asking for our help in outreaching to our members for their vaccine clinics, which I think speaks just to the, the valuable partnerships that we've developed pre-pandemic that have strengthened with the pandemic to help get our members care they need. And then we are also partnering with the University of Southern California's pharmacy program to host 16 COVID-19 vaccine clinics across LA County. And uh, we are also partnering with other organizations to host those events at their locations, as well as one of our partnering health plans, Blue Shield Promise. Uh, and this is in conjunction with our community resource centers, which are standalone sites that are hosted and that uh, live across LA County in the communities where we live and serve. So that's something that is kicking off next week. We're very excited about those. And uh, it just speaks, I think, to the variety of partnerships that we have uh, had to develop and strengthen throughout the pandemic. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lumen Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care. You can also find resources for integrated care on LinkedIn to stay up to date with our recent products and technical assistance.